Hello, everybody, and welcome back to an episode of the Nourish Bod Pod. I'm your co-host, Meg. And I'm Carrie. And today we are talking about some latest news, the Facebook research that's been leaked. And this is very pertinent to what we talk about, which is a lot to do with body image, mental health. Uh, Yeah, a lot of recently, a lot of the internal documents and research that was not meant for the public have been leaked by whistleblower. And they show a lot of negative things that Facebook and Instagram have known that their platforms have been contributing to or causing. And of course, they've kind of tried to sweep it under the rug. Mm -hmm. Um, And we'd like to talk about that today. Yeah, so the docs have found a lot of things. So we're just gonna be focusing on one of those things and one of the findings being that Instagram, which is owned by Facebook, right? So some of these internal documents have found Instagram being harmful um, to youth, but those documents have also found other very troubling things such as the platform being involved with like human trafficking, drugs and drug dealing, as well as promoting ethnic violence. So lots of bad things with these leaked documents, but we're just going to be focusing on the one related to body image, of course. So yeah, so they, these documents include various things. Is that right? So it -hmm. it includes some stuff from their own researchers and I think presentations. And so the things that they found regarding Instagram that were not so great findings was one statistic of 32% of teen girls said that when they had poor body image, um, they said that the platform Instagram made them feel worse. And also 14% of boys felt worse as well. Um, So that was one finding that the platform makes teens feel worse about their bodies and they also found some other statistics about um, depression and anxiety so they found that teens report that instagram raises depression and anxiety and is also to blame for suicidal thoughts Um, and that was with 13 percent of british youth and then six percent of american youth um, said they blamed the platform for suicidal thoughts so Yeah, some of those statistics were in these leaked documents that, of course, weren't meant for the public, as Megan just stated. And so, um, of course, when this comes out, it's all very um, shocking, maybe not surprising, certainly not surprising to me, but definitely not good news at all. And especially because they don't want to share this information and it's like what is facebook doing about it (laughs) that they know this stuff like are they doing anything to help the situation right well and that's what the whistleblower had kind of indicated is that no facebook is not because that would cut into profit margins and of course they don't want to do that so (laughs) definitely a big issue and yeah as you said there's also many many other issues that these platforms have been um, contributing to. So yeah, none of this information, as you kind of were stating earlier, is at all surprising, which is unfortunate. But, you know, I think there has been external research that has indicated that these things are true, especially for teen girls, how uh, increasingly social media use is linked to higher rates of depression, anxiety. And yeah, Facebook is partially to blame for this. I think in the reports were saying in 2012, they noticed that teens were signing up for Facebook in smaller and smaller amounts. And Instagram was kind of 
it's the app where teens were signing up in greater amounts. And so they bought out Instagram. And um, ever since then, that's kind of been how they're cap they've been capturing the teen market. And starting in about 2018, they started doing research on how Instagram in particular had been impacting their users and their teen users. And, and so a lot of this research is new-ish. And in fact, some of the other research that we um, were citing stats from just happened in 2020. So, you know, this is like somewhat recent, but it's very frustrating that these internal reports were never available to the public. And it's because of course, Facebook doesn't want us to know that <laughs> these apps are, they're showing that uh, they, they're harmful for their users. But one thing that is interesting to think about is like, okay, well, why is it that teen girls in particular have such a hard time on Instagram? Why is it that they struggle more with this, even more so than teen boys? And I think one is because of how impressionable teens are in general, because we do mm -hmm. see that teen boys and girls were negatively impacted. But some of the other factors that we were thinking of were because, you know, boys might use Instagram more for things like memes or humor accounts or following their favorite sports teams, whereas girls use it more for social connection and thus there's a lot more social comparison that happens, not only with influencers, but with other girls that they may know in real life. The other thing is that body image issues are much more salient for young girls, and so more appearance-focused posts are targeted at women. Women tend to consume these posts more because they're trying to attain this quote-unquote ideal. And the other thing is, we hypothesize this, we're not totally sure about this, but from what I can at least gauge on social media, it seems like the influencers target young women more and there are more women influencers on platforms like Instagram than there are male influencers and so that social comparison is is much larger because of just there's a there's much more content directed at young girls and for young girls and and women yeah so those are just our ideas um, definitely you need to look to that more with the research but I mean it it makes sense and it wouldn't surprise me that girls and boys use Instagram differently and I mean we've seen it in our own lives too so just just speculating all speculation but the fact of the matter is it, it's harmful for both of them and yep. even if you say well majority say it's fine you know it's only 32 percent and 14 percent and so some people might say oh that's not that bad but it is bad. Like it's still right. not it's significant. It's significant. It's not, and it's not it's ideal. One in three young girls. Oh. Exactly. Yeah. yeah exactly. It's a that's lot. Sig that's significant. It may not be majority, but that's significant, and it matters, and it's it's harmful, and it could lead to potentially even worse outcomes of unhealthy behaviors, eating disorders, etc. So it's definitely something that all of us should be concerned about and want to tackle and help. And also with the research too, just to highlight two aspects of what might make Instagram damaging and harmful is one, what we already talked about, the appearance focused nature. So a yep. lot of the research, that's a key theme throughout a lot of the research that has maybe looked at different variables and whatnot it's appearance-focused posts compared to non-appearance-focused posts that seem to have the damaging effects. And mm -hmm. so that's one theme throughout a lot of the research. Um, and then also time spent on Instagram. So there's a lot of research that 
supports increased use frequency of use with instagram is connected to greater you know body dissatisfaction and all the like mental health variables as well so just kind of want to say that too but of course um there's still more research to be done but a lot of it that has been done definitely has those two big themes and so that might be why you know instagram may not be the most beneficial for youth right in particular and especially yeah young girls because so much of where young girls are taught their worth lies is in the way they look and how they're showing you know how great their life is and um certainly young boys deal with this as well but just not to the extent that younger younger girls do but to speak on a point that you made about time spent on social media i don't have the paper on hand but i believe that people who spent this research was showing that people who spent 45 minutes or less on social media had the best mental health and the people with the worst mental health were spending like you know four or five six hours so which unfortunately is like extremely common Mm -hmm. our phones can now show us how long you're spending on certain apps and i would gauge that for most people it's multiple hours on certain apps especially on certain days where you maybe not be doing as much or during the quarantine in the pandemic where you know we've been kind of locked inside and haven't had as much things to do social media use has definitely been a key issue and especially you know use that's dragging on for hours and hours at a time Mm -hmm. that has been shown to really be impactful on mental health yeah but there is that feature of setting time limits um, yes which i know it's so easy to turn those off and ignore (laughs) them um i don't i actually really like my screen time limits and i do follow them for the most part and so i do like that feature and that can be one helpful way to you know be cognizant of your time right but yeah yeah and (laughs) And one thing that I think we want to try to hone in, especially towards the end of this episode, is there's something that, it was either Lexi or Lindsay, I can't remember, um, Lexi or Lindsay Kite from Beauty Redefined. We love them. We've talked about them multiple times on this podcast. But one of the most poignant things that they said after this news broke was that social media can be self-help or self-harm, which I completely and totally agree with. Mm -hmm. And so it really is it's all dependent on how we use it. So I think Facebook and Instagram are partially to blame for these issues, but I don't think they're totally to blame because I think in a lot of ways, social media is just is monetizing aspects of unconscious human behavior that can have a negative impact on us, right? So that social comparison, that's something that has existed before Facebook and Instagram, but it's just, it's a lot more <laughs> of an issue nowadays now that we have phones literally showing us everybody's lives um, and it's something we can scroll through for hours at a time in a lot of ways and this is more with the Facebook research but it showed that posts that were negative posts that were more controversial they got lots more engagement they were shared more so a lot of this is like it's just human behavior unfortunately humans we as humans we we adapted to have these tendencies but they're not serving us very well in this social media age in this connectivity age so you know i think becoming conscious of how we're using these platforms is essential Mm -hmm. and carrie mentioned a really great way to do that with with screen time because it is really hard i mean a lot of a lot of times especially with platforms like tiktok i mean it's made to be Addictive. addictive in a way and so it's okay to set those boundaries for yourself with 
screen time usage, for example. Mm -hmm. Another thing that I found has helped me personally is being just like really mindful. So similar to similarly to concepts of like mindful eating is mindful social media use. And I know that one thing that I've worked on is like, okay, so what am I feeling before I go on social media? What do I feel after? Let's compare, literally write it down maybe. Mm and stay in tune with those emotions before and after browsing. What accounts made you feel inspired? What accounts led to negative social comparison? And clean your feed regularly. Swap out accounts that you're just like, this This account does nothing for me. This account is making me feel bad about myself. This account, mm-hmm. I, I'm just not resonating with it. Yeah, I think regular social media cleanses, so to speak, are really important. But also one thing too, that is is another, tenet of mindfulness is instead of identifying with some of those thoughts that you may have scrolling through Instagram like oh my gosh I don't look like them oh my gosh I don't travel as much as them that's so they're so lucky I wish (laughs) I had that life it could just instead of identifying with that just become witness to those thoughts and be like that's really interesting that I'm thinking this do I really have the whole picture of what this person's life is for example a lot of times just stopping and pausing and really recognizing those thoughts can be such a helpful tactic to not going down that negative spiral that can be so common when on social media. Mm -hmm. So that conscious use I think is very essential until something is done internally with the algorithm or with Facebook and Instagram, hopefully something can come out of this. But until something is done, I think it's, it really is on the user. It's on us to change the way that we're using these apps, change the accounts that we're following. You are in control. Just You're remind yourself you are in control. Exactly. But one one quick thing too before we wrap up, thinking about that mindfulness and these tips, I was just thinking that from a developmental perspective, youth being you know their primary users of Instagram and other social mm-hmm. media platforms, developmentally it might be really tough for them yes. to um, act out those things and to you know utilize these tips because their brains are not fully developed yet even and so cognitively it can be really difficult for teens to try to navigate social media and try to utilize these tips but I do really quickly want to say like if any parents are listening and you have youth on social media you can try to help your teen with these things and guide them parents do impact their teens and their teens activity use research actually does show that so you may think your teen like doesn't listen to you (laughs) that you can't really impact them but that's not true and so parents if you're listening um you could help your teen with mindfulness and help guide them through navigating social media Um, because again developmentally it may be difficult for them to do that just on their own yeah no i appreciate you bringing that up because in honesty i was giving these tips more for adults because i know that even though this this research is talking about teens i know this impacts adults too so yeah it's hard um, for adults like exactly it is is, but adults do have probably greater ability just like cognitively to do these things is what i was getting at right (laughs) and well and it's why it's so important for us to understand how this impacts teens because you're right like developmentally they're just not at the place where they can, you know, consciously use this as much. Their their brains are still forming, and because of that, it's extra important for the media that they're consuming to be to be quality, to not have a negative impact on their self worth, their mental health, etc. 
because that can have lasting effects, unfortunately. So yes, it is, it's going to be harder for teens to utilize this. And, but I, th- I think that's a great point that parents do have more of an impact than I think we may realize on their, yeah. their effects. And I think it's just talking, starting the conversation is really, mm-hmm. is everything because that's where it might seem like it might not get anywhere, but as a former teen, I do I do know that <laughs> there were times where I absolutely listened to my parents, even though it might not have seemed like I did. Yep, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. totally. So yeah, this was a short little episode, but we just wanted to talk about this. And I know we've talked about social media a few times on the podcast, but of course, this is really pertinent, uh, a really pertinent topic. And breaking it's, news. It's breaking news, and as we said, it's not anything surprising, but it doesn't make it any less important to talk about and mm-hmm. to re-hone in on these really key concepts because, yeah, even though this, this research is mostly on teens, I think this impacts adults a lot. Obviously, Facebook has really impacts, impacted adults' behavior and the things they share on social media. So these, these things are, are all good for us to know, and I think hopefully, like I said, thanks to this whistleblower, things will be, hopefully things will change in Facebook and Instagram's mm-hmm. algorithm, and, and good will come out of this. We never know, but I definitely hope that's the case. So thank you, everybody, for joining us on our little mini-sode here, and we will catch you next time.